picking it up real high. I want you to get a Bible. Once you get a Bible, go to the book of Daniel, chapter number 1. Daniel, chapter 1. Man, God's doing good things, guys. I'd, I'd like for many of you to testify today, that, but we may not get past that. So, man, keep your faith out there. Keep believing God and trusting God. He's still a God of miracles. Still God who sets captives free. And so keep your faith out there. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Me and Shelly were gone last week. We celebrated 31 years of marriage. It's a, uh, yeah, hallelujah. Kind of amazing to me that she put, me, put up with me that long, but I think she knew going into it that once she said, I do, she's got me until death do us part. So I had her cornered. But we were gone, and it was good for our soul just to, to, to be away. So Praise the Lord. I highly encourage each one of you to do that periodically just to do something good for your soul. You know? All right. Daniel chapter 1. Now, I'm going to talk this morning about living with excellence. The Bible's very clear that God is an excellent God. And Peter said that we're to show forth the excellences, excellencies of our God. That we're to show forth them. And so each one of us, guys, when we live this thing called life, if we're not careful... We'll live with regrets. We'll live where we understand I compromised in that area, that I lived lukewarm in that area, and every one of us in this room have done that at one time or another. We've lived way beneath what we should have. I mean, I think back even in my life that growing up, I didn't live with the spirit of excellency in school. I mean, my thought was, just get through it. Who cares? What's the difference between an A and B? C's get degrees was my thought. But the bottom line, I don't believe God ever wants us to live that way. I believe God wants us to live to the fullest in every area of our life. And so we play a big role in that. But many times as human beings, we want the blessings of God. But we don't want to be inconvenienced. We don't want to be taken out of our comfort zone. But... When I learn to live with a spirit of excellence in my life, I believe this, it's the difference between promotion and demotion. Now you're going to see right here in these passages here in Daniel, I believe God's eyes are always looking for ones that will live with excellence. Now just think about this in your life right now. What do you know in your heart this morning that you're not living in an excellent way? It could be many areas of our life. It could be many walks with God. It could be even at work. That this is what I believe God wants to breathe on us today. So here in Daniel chapter 1, let's begin in verse number 8. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart. He purposed in his heart. In other words, he's saying... I'm going to live committed in my heart. And I believe that's where it begins, where we understand I've got to purpose in my heart how I'm going to live. I'm not going to to compromise. And to get to that place in our lives, I've got to quit letting my feelings vote. Many times we're dominated by our feelings, but it says right here, Daniel didn't say that I purpose how my feelings are. He said, I purpose in my heart. So immediately you see right there, he's, he's challenging his own heart. And he goes on to say that he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. That he would not contaminate himself. 
To do that, guys, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. What am I going to do? So he wouldn't, he wouldn't defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, it's easy for every one of us as humans to say thanks. But just because I say them doesn't make me where I do them. In other words, you can talk the talk, but the proof is in the way you walk. And I believe this is exactly where, where Daniel got. John 13, 17, Jesus himself said, Blessed are you if you do them. Now, for that to happen, I've got to quit giving myself options. I've got to quit giving myself outs. And many times what I'm talking about, we're so dominated by our feelings. I can't do this today because I'm tired. I didn't get enough sleep. How many of us are dominated by what we do or don't do by how hungry we are? And so over and over and over and over, we allow things to give us options. One of the greatest options in our society right now, and statistically this would be shocking to you. I wish I could remember the exact numbers. But how many people get married, and before they get married, they sign these prenups? You know what that is? That's an option. That's an out. You know what people are saying? Well, if it doesn't work, I'm getting out of it. I'm going to tell you right now, you go into a marriage with that thought, you might as well get ready. You're not going to last. That's why I said earlier, when Shelly said she did, then that means she had me for life. But what happens in it many times, we allow our feelings to vote. Quit allowing your feelings to vote and purpose in our heart and say, okay, this is what Father God has said. This is how I'm going to live my life. And I believe this is what Daniel's doing here. With Father God, it's either I do or I don't. Verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and the goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. Now when I read that, it says now God had brought Daniel into the favor. Man didn't bring Daniel into the favor. God brought Daniel into the favor. The Amplified said, God made Daniel to find favor. In other words, God's the only one that can open and close doors for us. And, and when I look at this, I have to ask to myself, why did God bring Daniel into favor? Well, I believe it starts in verse 8. When Daniel purposed in his heart, I'm going to live for God. It got God's attention. And so Daniel purposed in his heart, and he's saying here, listen, I'm going to live committed to God. And for you to live committed to God, or for me to live committed to God, many times you're going to swim upstream. You're going to go against the status quo, the everyone else syndrome. But i got to get that out of my mind, even my thoughts, and think, you know what? I'm going to purpose in my heart. It's kind of like Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15. He said, listen, boys, I don't know what the rest of you are going to do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. And I believe this is what got, got God's attention with Daniel. He purposed in his heart. I'm going to follow God. Now, when me and you purpose in our heart to, father, uh, to, to follow, I speak for a living. You wouldn't know that. To follow God. I'm going to tell you, God's going to order my steps. 
He's going to favor me. I don't care who you are. Look over a couple books to Daniel chapter 5. Daniel chapter 5. I've got to get away from the everyone else syndrome, guys. But this is what everybody else is doing. But what God say? What's God requested of me? Daniel 5. Verse number 11. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. Now he was talking about Daniel. This is what's being referred to this king. Now I really highlighted some words here. There is a man. We could say it this way. There is a woman. A man or a woman. In other words, he wasn't a superhero. This was a man who chose to follow God. And it says, this man was full of the Spirit of God, just like me and you can be. But it becomes a choice, and it goes on to say, and in the days of your father, light, brilliance, understanding, wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father, the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Now remember, he was just the man. But because he purposed in his heart to serve God, you begin to see already promotion. Verse number 12, get this. Inasmuch as an excellent spirit, here it is, an excellent spirit. An excellent, you know what an excellent spirit is to me? I'm doing the best that I can. It's not someone that's perfect. None of us are perfect. But to live with an excellent spirit, i got to ask myself, am I doing the best I can? I wish I could stand before you and tell you all the days of my life I've done the best that I can, but I hadn't always done that. Maybe you hadn't either. But to live with an excellent spirit, I can't draw this imaginary line in the sand and make the commitment, I'm going to live for God, but when life starts squeezing me, when my family starts criticizing me, when my friends start rejecting me, when people at my workplace start persecuting me, I erase those lines. And I start living how I want. No, to live with an excellent spirit, I've got to be committed to God, but I've got a purpose in my heart. I'm going to do the best I can at serving God every day. I don't care what other people are doing. My life is not determined on what they do or don't do. I'm going to serve God. And so he goes on to say, Inasmuch as an excellent spirit, he had knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and even explaining the riddles were found in this Daniel. Now, turn over to chapter number 6. Now, we're going to see where this is going. Because there's this king over all this region here, and he's beginning to look for, for men of character. The thing that you'll begin to see what separated Daniel was that excellent spirit. To have an excellent spirit, i got to do what's right, even when it's not easy. i got to do what's right, even when it's not popular. Daniel 6, verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. Now these satraps was a government official. So this king sets 120 of them up over the whole nation. Verse 2. And over these three governors. So he's got these whole 120, but over these 120 are three. 
of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps may give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Now, I believe Daniel was promoted because he had a spirit of excellence. He wasn't moved by the crowds. He wasn't even persuaded by the crowds. But I believe when you start living with an excellent spirit, you might as well get ready. There's going to be a threat of rejection. People are going to reject you. Number two, there's going to be judgment that's going to come against you. Number three, there's a good possibility that you're going to be lonely at times. You know why? Because not everybody wants to serve God with an excellent spirit. But you know what God's looking for? Just like Daniel's, he's looking for ones that'll be the example. And a Christian isn't what we do just on Sunday. See, I can be a saint on Sunday, but be a sinner on Monday. God looks for ones that are going to serve him all the time. They're going to live with the spirit of excellence. And I think this is what distinguished Daniel, just as it'll distinguish you. Verse 3. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps. How did he distinguish himself? Listen to this. Because an excellent spirit was in him. Because an excellent spirit was in him. The New American Standard says an extraordinary spirit with him. The New International Version says exceptional qualities were within him. Now, you know who decided that? Daniel did. Daniel purposed in his heart, I'm going to live with an exceptional spirit. I'm going to do more than, than is required. I'm going to go over, above, and beyond. That's the definition of excellent. I believe every one of us in this room, if we would live that way at work, you'd be promoted immediately. If you did that in school, you would excel incredibly. How many of you, when you think back at your life, you've wasted a lot of days, you've wasted a lot of potential? That would be me. That would probably be every one of us. Listen, I can't live with yesterday. Yesterday's over, tomorrow's not here. So guess what? i got to start today. So what am I telling us? i got to start making my days, today's count. i got to start living like this is my last day. Think about this. If you knew you had one year to live, don't you think you'd make every day count? You know what we would begin to do with a calendar? We would mark the days. Only got 364. I got 360. I'm down to 250. You know what? We would really focus in on that. You know, uh, there's, there's a young man in Clovis. He was 35. Knows Jesus. Knows Jesus with all his heart. And last week, me and Shelley got texts that over in Clovis, there was a man who abducted two women. Held them at gunpoint. And this young man who we know is 35 years old. Evidently, he stepped in to try to help the two ladies that were being abducted. And the guy turned on him and killed him right there. His time on this earth is over. And I'm not saying you're going to die. I'm not trying to put fear in you. But I am saying this, that none of us know how long we're going to be here on earth. I got to make my today's count. I got to start living with a, a, 
an exceptional spirit. I mean, where I begin to say, you know what? I'm going to live for God. I'm going to seek God in everything that I do. So it goes on to say here that he distinguished himself. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. The, the message says he outclassed them all. Now, this is incredible because this was a Hebrew. This man was Jewish, and where he lived, they weren't Jewish. And so what I begin to see here, that when I purpose in my heart, I'm going to live for God and with an exceptional spirit, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you were born, what side of the tracks you were or weren't on. God will give you permission. God will favor you. God will move you in places that you never thought you could do. I mean, there's ones right here in our church. Um, Kendra Brown was in the first surface. You're talking about someone that has gone against the, the flow, the tide. Kendra right now is, is a, a high-ranking person at Lubbock Christian University. She's very high up. They're wanting to promote her to more areas. But she's faced some elements that most of us don't even know exist, that she's a black woman. And Lubbock Christian University is predominantly all white. But you know what? She began to tell me how they're wanting to promote her. And there was a fear within her of rejection of persecution. And I looked and I was like, this is God. This is God. God is strategically positioning you there for you to become the salt of that campus. For you to speak into other people's lives. And she was like, Pastor, but, and I knew what she was thinking. These are some wicked white folk. And I agreed with her. And I said, but we can't allow this to keep us from, from flowing with what, what God has for us. And many times when we get in situations just like Daniel and you start getting persecuted, you know what we say? Father God, i got to get another job. Move me to a different department. But if you'll notice in this, when you read this passage, Daniel never said this. God doesn't want to move you out of the very blessing, the very purpose he had for you. God wants you to put you in that position where you can shine. Where you become the salt of that. And that's how many of you are right here. That God's just looking for you to start living ex uh, exceptionally. Distinguished. Separated. Pastor, does that mean I may not have any friends? Sometimes. Keep reading. Verse 5. Ah, we better read verse 4 some more. So the governors and satraps, they sought to find some charges against Daniel concerning the kingdom. They tried to dig up some stuff on his past. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Not perfect, but faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So once again, these guys tried to dig up things on him. They couldn't find them. So you know what they think? We've got to use a little reverse psychology. Let's start stroking the king's, his, his, his back. Let's see where we can get with him. Keep reading here, verse 6. So these governors and satraps, they thronged. They didn't thong him. They thronged before the king. And they said this to him, King Darius, live forever. Now, you know what happens here? These guys were jealous of what Daniel had. They wanted what Daniel had, but they didn't want to do what Daniel did to get there. And you know what that was? 
He purposed in his heart. He lived distinguished. And so you know what? There's two ways to get places in life. One, you serve God. You serve him and you serve him and serve him. Or number two, you be, got, be like these guys. You know what these guys were? These guys were men pleasers. You want me to break that down in my terminology? These were a bunch of butt kissers is what they were. I can just make it as simple as possible right there. That's what these guys did. Now, I don't know about you. I don't like that. I like when people get promoted because they live right. They serve God. They're faithful to God. They live with some integrity. They live with some character. And so they start digging up stuff on Daniel. Or tried to anyways. Verse 7. So all the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, the satraps, the counselors, the advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes, the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. So they did this to go after Daniel. They knew we can't get him, we can't find fault in him. So they said, let's make this decree that if anyone in our land bows or worships anybody other than this God, they get thrown in the lion's den. Now, a lot of times, a little time spent in the lion's den, it causes us to cave in. It causes us to give up. But look what happens with Daniel in verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing or the decree was signed, he went home. And in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day, prayed, gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since his early days. When I begin to look at this, you know what Daniel thought? I'm not moved by what men said. I'm not moved by what men do. I'm committed to God. And it said, this was his custom. He didn't just serve God when he came to church. All through his life, every day, three times a day, morning, noon, and night, he was notorious for getting on his knees and praying. Now there's a decree. If you do this, you're going to get thrown in the lion's den. But you know what? He didn't cave in. He opened the windows. And it was like, Boys, this is what I do, and I'm going to keep doing it, and I'm going to keep doing it. And I believe this becomes big to us, that he wouldn't compromise. He wouldn't make any concessions. He was going to do what was right just because it was right. Listen to what James 4, 17 says. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. See, many times we view sin as only committing evil deeds, but right here, sin is also failing to do what God's asked me to do. So when I know in my heart that this would be pleasing to God, but I don't do it, it's now come to be called sin. But Daniel still wouldn't cave in. He still wouldn't give up. And see, I believe this with all my heart today. There's some of you that are in battles at work. You've wanted to quit. You've wanted to give up because why? They've come after you. Some of you have, have, have talked about leaving your families. You get into situations at family reunions and you want to run because now you've become the black sheep of your family reunion. 
See, God wants us to stay in there because every one of you in this room, God's got a purpose for you. And some of you are coming out of families that no one in your family knows God but you. And when you get around them, they turn up the heat. And when they turn up the heat, you cave in. Not no more. That you begin to say, just like I said about about Joshua, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. I mean, God's got plans for you. He wants you to be the history maker. But you know what? You might as well get ready. There's going to be some things that come after you. So guess what happens here? They run and they tell the king everything that happens. So look with me in verse number 16 here. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of the lions. Now, O king had to save face here. He caved in. He couldn't go against what he said. So he throws him in, but look what happens. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. This king knew this. I love what he said, though. Your God, whom you serve. He understood Daniel's going to serve God, and whom you, your God, you serve continually. I believe that's big. That's someone that says over and over, I'm going to serve God. I don't care what's going on around me. I'm going to serve God. Verse 17. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his Lord, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace, spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went into haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a grieving voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. In other words, lighten up, king. Did you doubt that my God would take care of me? But once again, you know what I see the king recognized? He recognized the man who wouldn't compromise. He recognized the man who purposed in his heart, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live with a spirit of excellence every day of my life. Verse 21, or verse 22. My God, ooh, I like that. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me. Because I was found innocent before God, and also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now, Daniel's expectations, guys, they were in God, not people. When you make a stand for God, and you don't live religiously or arrogantly, God's going to take care of you. When there's godliness in your life, when you choose to serve God even with your lifestyle, God's going to take care of you. That's the good news. The bad news is this. When you make a stand to live for God, you're going to irritate people. There's going to be people that aren't going to like it. And when people don't like it, you know what they begin to do? They begin to persecute you. Jesus said in John 15, 20, he said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And so what happens when when we irritate people and they begin to persecute me? You're going to spend some time in the lion's den. You're going to be there. I don't say that negatively. 
I say that, do you know what? When I keep serving God, even when I'm in the lion's den, God's going to come. He's going to rescue me. And people are going to see he doesn't cave in. He doesn't quit even in the lion's den. He doesn't quit when the chips are down. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. See, guys, we're not trying to win a popularity contest. Let me ask you this today. Are you more concerned about your reputation in heaven or here on earth? And some of you today, you may be in the lion's den at work. Some of you may be in the lion's den with your family. Some of you may be in the lion's den with co-workers. Just all the different elements of our life. But listen, I'm going to tell you, keep living with an excellent spirit. For years and years of my life, guys, I worked with a bunch of heathens, like many of you. 30 employees, and I was the only one of them that was born again. I heard the Jesus jokes, the Bible thumper. I heard that for years. And you know what? I just determined in my life, and I wasn't better than any of them. But I purposed in my heart, I'm not going to do the things the world does. And it amazes me when you go back and look at all the things... That people hear what you say. They see how you walk. They see how you live. And sometimes they do come after you. And sometimes they do irritate you. And they persecute you. But over and over. Even in my last job guys. The Lord just continued to promote me. He continued to promote me. Not because I was the sharpest tool in the shed. But because his favor became upon me. That I would make a stand. And I would live for God. And because of that, even to this day, guys, those men over there will still call me. When their marriage gets in trouble, they call me. When they're having issues with their kids, they call me. When their family dies, I bury them. When their family gets married, I marry them. And you know what it was all for? That I could begin to be a witness to them. But it all comes that you begin to say, I'm not going to live any different. I'm going to serve God continually like Daniel. Now, I was on vacation last week, but I'm going to tell you right now. The way you see me live up here, that's how I live in everyday life. Every day, if you were with me, I don't change from day to day. I'm going to honor God. Are you perfect, Pastor? Ask my wife. She'll tell you how perfect I is. I am. She'll probably tell you I've already missed it three or four times today. I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. But I'm going to do my best to serve God. Now, listen to this right here. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all things, we know that all things, I don't believe Paul had his finger crossed here. When he said, and, and we believe that all things except your marriage. We believe that all things except if you work in a, in a tough job. No, he said, and we believe that all things work. Work together for good. Not bad, but for good to who? To those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, God's got a deliberate plan. But I must live for him. To be able to flow in that deliberate plan. See, just like Daniel, God had a plan for him. And you know what it was to be? You're going to be the ruler over this. 
But if Daniel would have begun to cut corners, I don't believe he would ever got there. And when you uh, read about the patriarchs in the Bible, it's the same for them. They serve God. They serve God and they serve God. Think about Joseph, guys. He was sold as as a slave. Then he was in prison. He was in prison for 12 years. But every day he got him, he served God, and he served God, and he served God. And so if you're in prison of your life today, I encourage you, just keep serving God. If you're in the lines then, keep serving God. James 4, 7 says, submit to God. Submit to God. Not just on Sundays. I believe we're to submit to God every day of our life where I live, submit, and say, okay, Father God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to live with an excellent spirit. Just stand on your feet with me.